Welcome to the Court to Corporate Podcast. I'm your host, Kirby Porter. On this show, we sit down with current and former athletes to discuss their personal playbooks and dive deeper into how it has translated into success and lessons outside the game and in the business world. You can find this podcast on your favorite streaming platform or at courttocorporate.com. Court to Corporate is all about amplifying the journey of athletes in corporate America and showcasing how your athletic influence can serve to build your path. Stay up to date with more content and perspectives across all of our social platforms. These will be linked in the show notes or they can be found on our website. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Court to Corporate. We are trying to get on a roll with our in-person interviews. We have one here today. Um, so I have Des Fleming joining me, Cornell basketball alum, now doing strategy at Cadre and also building Odyssey experiences. Des, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here, Kevin. Let's do it. So I love to start with personal anecdotes. Um, take us back to your upbringing. I love to just learn more about the guests, what's influenced you today. So take us back to what led you to Cornell basketball. Yeah, for sure. Um, the best place for me to start with this type of question is actually where I was born. Um, I was born in Belgium and grew up there until about second grade. Uh, then obviously started playing my first few sports over there, played basketball, soccer, baseball, etc. Um, that's where I really started to fall in love with it. Um, moved to Texas and was in Texas from second grade till I graduated high school. Obviously in Texas, uh, football is king, but that wasn't my sport. I, I played basketball and I ran track. Um, figured out I was actually like pretty good about it, good at it when I was in junior high and I had a coach who told me like, hey, look, you need to make a decision. Like mm-hmm. you have the potential to play basketball in college but it's up to you like you're gonna have to work extremely hard at it and so I said yep sounds like a goal like I'm down for that um and the funniest thing about my path to Cornell was when I was an eighth grader I think Cornell's basketball team went to the sweet 16 and I remember watching it on my my couch at home downstairs and that was around the same time when my middle school coach was telling me, like, do you want to get serious? And one of the things he said was, like, look, if you're serious, go home. Write a list of, like, eight schools that you want to go to. And, like, any mm-hmm. eighth grade, I was, like, Duke, yeah. UNC, uh, <laughs> All the UT. I was, like, I can compete with these guys. I'm undersized, but I'm scrappy, whatever. Um, but at the bottom of that list was Cornell. Um, so that was, like, a really fun thing to look back on when I was home one year of college. Um, but essentially that's where my journey started. Um, you know, did the whole AAU circuit, high school, um, and then played four years at Cornell. How did that go from name on the list to actually happening? So were you kind of focusing on Ivy league schools? What was your thought process in in recruiting? Um, my thought process was always like, I, I knew I cared about academics came from like a pretty academically inclined family. Um, and what I, I always kind of narrowed it down to like, where can I get the best of both worlds? Where can I be a division one athlete and where can I get a fantastic like education? Mm -hmm. Um, for me, where I started to have those opportunities is really just grinding on the AAU circuit. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you're a, you're a freshman, you're trying to be on varsity, didn't make varsity. So you're like, Oh, got a summer, you're going to improve, make varsity as a sophomore, um, you want to start on varsity as a sophomore. Oop, 
didn't happen and got improved. Interesting. Um, become a starter on varsity as a junior, you know, on a fantastic team, mm-hmm. but like you're not the man. You're like the second fiddle. So boom, got improved. Um, same thing. So it's like that continual progress and realizing that you uh, kind of love the process of work with sports, which I think is something that a lot of athletes have, and it's definitely helpful mm-hmm. um, when they transition their careers from something that's you know athletic or on the court to something that's corporate mm-hmm. um and really just being able to go through like tough times uh right. everyone's had those mornings where it's like 6 a.m and you're like like i don't want to do this shit. <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs> i don't want to do this shit. yeah um right. but you you fight through and then there is definitely times like that in the real world where you're like i've got maybe not waking up at six in the morning but it's 5 p.m and you're mm-hmm. dealing with some co-workers who just aren't on it and you're like i need to get through this mm-hmm. and you just find a way yep 100 percent. um so talk to us about cornell and that experience what did you study how were your four years there tell us about your team yeah um so our i'll start with team and work backward um team was fantastic um on unfortunately didn't have like the best record but what i did have was a collection of guys that i love and still still speak with and hang out with to this day they are quite honestly my closest friends we're all dispersed throughout the country but one of the things that i think is truly special about athletics in college is that you have an opportunity opportunity to build these shared memories um, with people from all walks of life and also people who are going to challenge you and push you to be the best version of yourself as well as they just mm-hmm. inherently care about you. Right. Um, uh, day one when you step on campus, you have you have your squad. You have your, your team, your crew, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an incredibly like positive thing. Um, you can definitely, at Cornell, for me, uh, it was also a fantastic experience because like I said, I got the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. I got the... I got academics, I got um, sports, and I also got like just a very, very broad social life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really felt like I took my four years on campus uh, to the fullest. As far as school-wise, I was in our undergraduate business major. Um, that was applied economics and management. Um, I'm sure a lot of people out there are doing something similar, whether they're studying econ or that, like some place like Wharton, where it's like very explicit. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like exactly what I wanted. I kind of always went to school with the approach of like school is a stepping stone for like a really good job. Yeah. I didn't necessarily like explore like what I wanted, what I was curious or passionate about as much, even though I liked business. Um, I was always kind of lens of like here, there's a, I've been set up for a path. Like I'm going to pursue it, like go through, like get an internship, sophomore year, junior Mm -hmm. year, full time. Right. Um, but aim applied economics was great. It was a, small community about 100 people and i'd say like probably mm-hmm. like 20 or 30 of them were athletes so wow. that was that was pretty cool as well that's awesome can you talk to us about that so um being in school not not having the full clarity on like this is my destination my journey yet not quite yet um how are you thinking about what you needed to pursue was it more so like from a skill set perspective or something that sparked your interest from this class like what were you thinking about like okay I'm not sure but I want to explore it through internships yeah I think for me it was a gradual process of having my interest sparked in a Mm -hmm. class so Mm -hmm. like it was always an approach of like 
AIM was like a very structured program. So like every year there were like, you know, probably like six classes across the two semesters that you just had to take. Mm -hmm. And then you filled in your electives. So it was like, all right, like, let me take these six classes, knock them out of the park. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, not ever worried about like how I position myself competitively from like an internship perspective. But like, let me do that. And then let me backfill it into what honestly like works with the schedule of like a student athlete. Mm -hmm. And like, then also aligns with my interests. So like, was I going to take the hardest science class out there? Absolutely not. Because I know I have like six AM workouts all fall. Right, like, right. That's just not going to be my approach. Like there's a bit of pragmatism to it, mm-hmm. um, which is like the burden of a student athlete, even though like I'd also say that anyone like you have a lot more in you than you think you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely in sports, you'll, you'll find that out. Uh, but also in your career, you'll see like how hard can you push yourself if you, you have a goal in front of you? Um, the best way to like communicate like where my interest was sparked in mm-hmm. a class was I took a, a class called Entrepreneurial Management my junior year because mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out this whole like entrepreneurship minor or track that we had with our major. Um, and that was the first class where like you were taught that like entrepreneurship is a career. Like, yeah. hey, there are other opportunities than just becoming a banker or mm-hmm. a consultant or a lawyer like mm-hmm. there are other things out there um and for me that class was really insightful because it was like it's fairly small group session like 20 or 30 people in, in contrast to our, our like you know 50 100 person lectures mm-hmm. um but it also showed like the creative side of business where yeah. it's like you're not just gonna you're not just gonna go like build a model or you're not right. just gonna go like walking through like these three financial statements or like mm-hmm. tell me about porter's five forces it was like hey, here's this blank canvas. Mm-hmm. There's a problem out there in the world. You can solve it. And right. you can solve it in any approach that you want. You just need to make sure that you're solving the right problem for people. Right. Um, so that was the first class where I started to think about like, hey, like, I, I can do this. And it was yeah. a lot of a function of, a, a lot of, a huge function of that was that people are telling you and then providing yeah. you with examples. And you're like, oh, like, I totally get this. Like, right. let me try this. No, the best learning is experienced <laughs> and not the, the high level stuff. So tell us about Wheels Up and your internship. So was that going into your junior year? Sophomore you, year. Your sophomore year. Okay, I can count. Um, so, I mean, tell us about that internship. Was that before or after you identified entrepreneurship as something you were potentially interested in? Yeah. And and what type of work were you doing yeah. um, that summer? That, uh, that internship, I, ha- I didn't know. I had an interest in entrepreneurship. Um, I'm, I can't remember off the top of my head if I'd taken any explicit entrepreneurial classes, but the focus was quite honestly, it was like, I knew I needed to work that mm-hmm. summer. I knew I didn't want to go back to Texas. I knew I wanted to have some sort of internship. Mm-hmm. And again, beauty of sports was that was hooked up through the Cornell basketball alumni network. Mm-hmm. And it was my coach saying like, Hey, got a kid, they academically inclined. Let's, let's set them up for the summer. Yeah. Um, and, and Wheels Up was great, obviously being my like first internship and as a sophomore, like don't have as much ownership as you do now, yeah. um, but definitely had the opportunity, went through a rotational program and sat through a couple of different functions at the, at the company and then presented like uh, a pretty brief like strategy or recommendation for Wheels Up at the end. Mm-hmm. And essentially it was talking about, I believe it was like a new business line. So Wheels Up is a private aviation startup. They're pretty they're fairly big now. Um, they compete with like NetJets and mm-hmm. their whole focus was like, let's democratize the private aviation airspace. So like 
make it more cost efficient, even mm -hmm. though it's already like a, it's a luxury product. Um, so our, the, the thing I pitched at the end was like, um, I think like a direct route from New York to wherever the final four was like very clear. <laughs> like every year. Yeah. Every like year. Very clear idea. bias for like what idea. I was interested in. Um, but like put together a whole deck, got to give a recommendation to our COO mm -hmm. and also our CEO. And that was like, it was just very cool. It showed you like there's a fluidity and creativity to business. Mm -hmm. Um, as well as like being able to be at that young of an organization where as an intern, you may not be driving impact, but you can like clearly see the energy around you. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, cool. I, I enjoy this. So question about that and I, i'd love to hear it about your other internships as well and maybe even um about deloitte going into that like what were you trying to gain or learn and then what did you feel like you walked away with yeah at each one that helped you inform your next step yeah it was definitely at that period it was all it was all about figuring out you know what do i want to do when i graduate um from wheels up i learned i learned two things i learned i really enjoyed being in new york so i had in my head like okay i want to be here after school don't we all <laughs> <laughs> and then the the second thing i i think what i learned from that was just like i maybe not consciously at the time but i realized like i like um i'm i'm okay with less structured environments interesting uh, and this is me reflecting after being at morgan stanley and at deloitte and now at cadre mm -hmm. um that is something that I think people should take into account. Like, do you want, do you want, it's like a function of like, what do you want with your lifestyle? And like, how do you approach work and the value you get out of work? Like, yep. do you want, or do you want to just be a number and punch a clock and go nine to six and you say, this is all you guys get out of me and that's it. Like, I'm, I'm going to take my money and run. Right. <laughs> or do you want to be a part, like, do you have, I won't say, grander ambitions because like i'm sure people have a bunch of different things they want mm -hmm. they want out of their life but like if you're really shooting for the moon when you're young and saying like i'm gonna do xyz things to set me up in my 20s so i can mm -hmm. do whatever i want in my 30s or 40s whatever like there's what i'm trying to say is there are different approaches to work mm -hmm. um and you have to be kind of cognizant that being a number at work is definitely possible mm -hmm. um transitioning to the other my other internship at morgan stanley that was in sales and trading in their institutional equity division and from there it was again it was like figuring it out mm -hmm. where it's like at school the major funnels you into banking or consulting and i was like i don't necessarily want to work 100 hours a week yep. but like <laughs> i like the idea of banking so like this s t thing sounds cool mm -hmm. um so tried it out and realized like for me like loved so i was on the equity side and doing a rotation program and went through like four desks went through mm -hmm. like prime brokerage then two trading desks um and then back in prime brokerage and what i realized there it's like this is a really cool environment and you're definitely challenged you're definitely critically thinking you're around a ton of smart people mm -hmm. but for me i was like i don't necessarily know if i like this work and this is what i want to think about every day um, <laughs> that's, that's a fundamental thing to know about yourself <laughs> yeah do i want to do this every day yeah um as well as like you have to kind of take a position on like where do you see yourself growing in the future of like that job like i got freaked out in the fact that like um uh, like 10 years ago like a sales trading desk at any big bank was like 100 people now it's like 20 or 25. So like that career path in general was like consolidating. Mm. And by the time I was a junior, I had had more exposure to entrepreneurship. And I realized like 
hey, what I want to definitely get out of my first job is I want to have transferable skills. I knew that if I was placed into a role as like an institutional equities trader, like I'm going to build some fantastic skills, but like very niche. They're the next step or the transferable things for me from a, a trading role or probably to like other trading roles on the buy side or like other investment analyst roles, mm -hmm. um, either on the buy or sell side. You're not necessarily learning about like how to run a company. You're kind of learning like how to extract value as well as like manage risk, mm -hmm. uh, especially on like a, at a sell side firm. I, I love hearing what you were saying a little bit earlier and, and you heard it come through as you were kind of talking about um, your role at Deloitte, what it sounds like. You want to transferable skill sets. You started in consulting. Um, but what you mentioned right before that is that there's different ways that people can think about their careers. And I think that's super important to hear um, when there are these funnels in place at schools like a Cornell or there's not as much visibility at other schools, whatever the situation is. Can you, I want to dig a little bit deeper into that. Can you share how you think about your career? Because looking at kind of the trajectory of you went to these big institutions, you learned something about yourself, you found that passion for entrepreneurship. Now you're at a smaller company and startup, you have your own startup as well. Um, tell me how you think about your career, yeah. kind of based on what you said earlier. Um, I think for broadly for anyone, um, you think of, <laughs> think of uh, work as like being paid to learn. Like if you're being paid if you approach it from the mindset like i have an opportunity for like two three four years five years whatever to be paid to learn about things mm. and figure out what i want to do like i think one that just helps reframe the concept of work and two like will put you in a position so like x years down the line mm -hmm. you you know what you are good and aren't good at mm -hmm. and you're in a better position to execute against that yeah so for me it's kind of like i have this boomerang where i'm like I started out doing entrepreneurship, didn't really know anything about it, mm -hmm. and then went through, like, uh, two very corporate places and realized, mm -hmm. like, hey, like, I can succeed and, like, execute here, but mm -hmm. this ultimately isn't what makes me happy in life. Mm -hmm. There was something that I was kind of missing or probably, honestly, like, a broader mission that I didn't see, like, aligning at either those places, and that's totally fine. Right. Um, I think my – where I'm at now, where – what I'm trying to do is get to a workplace where one, I'm definitely like challenged. Mm -hmm. Like I just need it. I think there's a mm -hmm. lot of people where it's like, I can't, I just can't go yeah. nine to five <laughs> and I'm just like doing the same thing. It's just like, right. that's not, that's not me. Um, uh, so I, I need to be challenged, but also what I'm realizing, mm -hmm. it's like, I need to be mission driven mm -hmm. because I, I can't, for me, it's like, I, at a certain point I'm, it comes in anyone's dates. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like, why do I spend, you know, half or more of my waking hours away from my family, away from my friends, not doing the things that I want to do, just like watching life pass me by. Like if I'm, do if I have to do that, if this is an mm -hmm. immovable fact of life, like there are so many things to do. Let me yeah. figure out something that like I love to do. So those, whatever that time allocation is, like the majority of the time, like, I'm intrinsically aligned to it. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, that's where it comes to like, that's what's cool about a startup. It's like, obviously, at least depending on what, what you're trying to build, like you have some innate connection to it and you intimately care about it. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that 
gets you going in the morning. It's what keeps you up at night. Yeah. What you find, it's what you find you're telling all your friends about. And you're like, mm-hmm. I'm talking too much right now. Like, <laughs> let me not talk about this right now. Um, so that, that, that's how I think about it. That's very, that's really important to hear. Um, so before we go to Odyssey experiences and what you're doing now with uh, Cadre, um, I want to also hear a little bit more about um, how you navigated your alumni network with yeah. Cornell basketball. Yeah. Sounds like an important piece. So I love to hear yes. like, you know, you had that one time where your coach was like, let's, let's help Des out. How did you facilitate it beyond that? How have you been active in, in navigating mentorship and just throughout yeah. your career? So I think there, for every athlete community in every school, there, there will be like degrees to what how engaged the alumni network is, um, and that can like oscillate over time. But I think the one commonality that is that will occur is that like if you're a university student, like that is one of the sweetest cards you can have in life because people are just like, yes, mm-hmm. I want to help, and there's like l- very little downside to reaching out. Um, so for for us, how it worked was. Essentially, we had a coach who was super involved and was trying to engage the alumni because mm-hmm. he saw like the, the broader value in it. Um, case in point, like helping students get internships. Yeah. Um, so he was super involved and he quite literally, he just, I think he tapped the network and one guy raised his hand and said, yep, sure, I can mm-hmm. help. Um, that guy, John Halpern, who's class of 88, has ended up being a mentor for me since my mm-hmm. sophomore year. Um, mm-hmm. He's someone who we have a similar similar mindset in terms of like career goals. And like he has pursued his own startup, uh, you know, built something after business school, uh, actually pretty recently in about a year and a half, sold it, um, work, works for the company that bought it. But like he has been able to execute against that goal. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so interesting because you have this like shared experience with someone who is like, they're a peer, but a peer that's their parents' age. <laughs> so it's, like, kind of funny because, like, right, right. I'll call Halpern and I'll shoot the shit and I'm talking to him like I would talk to my teammates. Mm-hmm. And we can, like, have this – we can talk about, like, oh, Barton was trash. Like, right. our coach had us doing X, Y, Z. Like, how would you like that bus ride to Dartmouth? Like, <laughs> it sucks. Like, these shared experiences with him. But yet he's someone who can also turn on a switch and say, like, Hey, like, what, how are you guys thinking about like brand positioning? Like, mm-hmm. would you ever want to raise money? Like, here are some competitors that I know off the top of my head that work yeah. in your space. So it's like this excellent. It's, it's honestly like a fantastic relationship, and I would encourage anyone to to seek those out. Yeah, the best ones will happen naturally, but they don't come without effort. Yeah, they don't come without like the smaller things that like uh, honestly like translate well to business, where it's like follow up yep you know be on time (laughs) show up like these are just small things where it's like just always they're small things that like you that translate well from like practice and sports but also like Mm -hmm. when you're diligent about them and you recognize that like a full adult which you realize a full adult people are busy yeah people are busy (laughs) so they're saying look if i'm taking 30 minutes out of my day on monday between anywhere from like let's say nine to five that means 30 minutes where I'm going to have to stay an extra to do whatever I have to do. So it's like, quite <laughs> frankly, it's like, don't waste my time. Right. Just like your coach is going to yell at you like, you know, don't waste you my time. Up. You didn't <laughs> yeah. put in the work. Yeah, like, <laughs> that, uh, that's right. how I think about that. Um, right. And our, our alumni network is in a period of like, again, like oscillation. Like right now we're not, we're not totally tapped in. But mm-hmm. I know if like any 
Cornell basketball undergrad or quite frankly like even I find it in re- recruiting where it's like mm-hmm. oh you play basketball yeah. like, oh I, I like <laughs> you more and like it, it, you you just soften up a little bit um, so yeah I, I would say no matter where your program's at like try and take advantage of it ask your coach Google yep. LinkedIn like there there's multiple ways to like make the connection it's about mm-hmm. trying and starting exactly so with that um let's talk about odyssey experiences and we'll just love to hear the story the inspiration you know you're born in belgium i feel like that has to do with a little bit of it so yeah um so this is this is what i'm most passionate about right now and this is kind of like the culmination of all those little steps so going from wheels up to morris stanley to deloitte to now cadre like each one of those has been a building block in different ways Mm -hmm. and overlaying like cornell and then like my life story um for me, like what I recognize that is like a pretty unique aspect of why I wanted to start Odyssey is because I was born in Belgium mm-hmm. and being born in Belgium, um, being like an American expat, like I went to an international school and all of my first interactions, my first social interactions mm-hmm. as a child were with different people mm. and everyone was different and everyone was the other. So I was like, oh, this is normal. Right. And so everyone else thought that. So like it would be me another American boy, a British German boy, a Dutch boy, uh, like Japanese girl, a Spanish boy, Norwegian mm. boy, etc. Like we, you aligned on like nationality, mm-hmm. not race, and everyone was a different nationality. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really cool experience, and it made makes me recognize and reflect now that like I've always been comfortable with that and mm-hmm. been very like fluid in terms of who and where I interact with I say like everyone's mm-hmm. different like tight like this is yeah. where like this is where my safe space is yeah. um which is good and has also like also fostered like this love for travel mm-hmm. because when you are traveling like you get to meet people from all walks of life you get to see like how they communicate what their culture is and just generally like what life is like and you also mm-hmm. get to step outside that bubble of like American focus of like we are the center of the world and yep. realize like <laughs> No, they're Spanish people who it's two PM and they're like, Yeah, I'm just gonna chill. I'm right. Just have like two glasses of wine. Like this is this like is I life. want that life. <laughs> um, that so life. like that's that's something where I, I realized and also to my point of like why I love like Cornell and like my basketball team, it's like mm-hmm. that was in there for me. It got drawn out by a friend, uh, really? uh, a teammate who who is Canadian and they have a huge travel culture. And he loved it, and I saw his excitement for it, and I knew I was down for it, mm-hmm. and he was like, let's go on a five-week uh, Euro trip after we graduate, and I was like, I'm down. Yeah. Called my best friend from home, we all did it together, and it's literally one of the best memories I have of my life. Wow. Um, and after, I was like, I've got the travel book, like, mm-hmm. made a commitment to myself to, like, always keep the number of countries that I've been to more than my age I'm gonna try and do that till the day I die so I'll have to do I can stay on it as long as I go to one country a year um but that's a bit of a tangent (laughs) back to uh, back to Odyssey um where it started and the inspiration given what I just said is that like I again recognize like at Deloitte I was in a bit of a rut um it was like March of 2018, so about like six months into work. Mm-hmm. I recognized that I was living and working in New York, but I didn't feel like I was taking advantage of either of those things. Granted, with consulting, like you are traveling and you're coming back and forth to the city, mm. so it's a little different. Um, but I just felt like I was in this transitory period where like I was missing out on something. And I, I, I struggled to figure out why. And I realized it was because I didn't feel like I was having that personal growth. 
I realized I was doing the same things with the same people at the same places in the city. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is this really what it's all about? And like, that was a question for me to answer. Um, And for some people like, yes, that's what it's all about. And that Mm -hmm. totally works. For me, I knew I needed something more because I was living in dynamic, as dynamic of a place as New York. Mm -hmm. So the initial idea for Odyssey was like, you know what, like, what if there was this button that had, or this app that had three buttons and it was tried and true something you were out of the blue and I could just click that button mm-hmm. and there would be a list of recommendations here in New York of like things to do and tried mm-hmm. and true would be like my normal stuff like I love going to bars I love playing sports so right. just give me a list and like it'd be the same things I know I'd like it but it pushed me in different mm-hmm. places something new same concept but like a little bit more outside my comfort zone mm-hmm. um so like doing the next order of stuff I like like love music I love art I don't mm-hmm. necessarily always go do those things, right. um, but like I know I enjoy them. So like, take me to the Whitney, to the MoMA, mm-hmm. um, take me to like Terminal Five or like Brooklyn Steel, stuff right. like that. Um, and then out of the blue is like more outside the comfort zone. Where it's like I would not think about doing this if I didn't have some external push. Like right. I wouldn't just never do it. Um, and one of those is like I went to an opera concert at Lincoln. Lincoln Hall. This, How'd you end up there? Uh, ended up there from a friend at Deloitte. She was just like, hey, I've got tickets. Does yeah. anyone want to go? And I was like, why sure. Not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Um, but again, like, again, magnitudes outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So like, had that initial idea in March, and then I didn't do anything about it. Um, just because I was working, still getting my like, mm-hmm. feet under me. Um, and then I was just kicking it around, but I was telling people about it. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to that summer of August 2018, um, and I went on a a trip to Peru. Mm -hmm. So I went with my two roommates. uh, We went to go visit one of our friends, and he was one of the people I'd been telling about it because, like, his family is pretty big in hospitality Mm -hmm. in Peru. Um, And we were just talking, catching up, and then when we were there, we were with his family friends who were all our age Mm -hmm. and they were like our contemporaries but living and working in Peru Mm -hmm. so they were either university students who had grown up with my friend Nacho and they were now like going to school in the states or Mm -hmm. they had come back to Peru and were working there um and we were all just getting to know each other and Nacho just suggested like hey like Des like explain to my my cousins essentially your idea yeah and then we were I never forget this we were like just sitting outside out out in front of a fire and we just had dinner and I remember I'm like kind of nervous because I'm like you with these ideas you're kind of like let me put you're my little, baby out into the world a little protective and like of it. let me see yeah. like are people going to reject it or they can accept it yeah. um fortunately they I explained it to them and they accepted it mm-hmm. and not, they were like I explained that same idea to you the try to choose something you have to yep. do and they were like oh yeah like we would use that like definitely like yeah. we understand it and so for me hearing that having that validation and that confirmation from people who live on the opposite side of the world yeah but are in a lot of ways still similar to me mm-hmm. that was my first inclination of like okay hey here there's something here mm-hmm. there's something here that i can build on so like let me like try and actually execute against this yeah so go on that trip come back um and then i'm like okay like how do i build and i started working backward from like what's the lowest hanging fruit that i can experiment with mm-hmm. and start to learn from so at first, um, I knew I couldn't like build that app because I don't have any technology skills, but I was working <laughs> backward. I was like, okay, like if that app is recommending experiences, mm-hmm. can I help some experience? And so this is in August and I was going through the motions of trying to get that done and ultimately it didn't work. Mm. But while I was going through the motions of getting that done, I realized like, hey, I enjoy this process. 
So was again talking to more people, telling more people about it, trying to get it set up. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it didn't work. But again, learned I I like doing this. Mm-hmm. So this is around September of 2018 or October of 2018. What was the first version? Was it like a a website? A it blog? was it was more focusing like hey like here here's something unique in the city. And for me, that was like I want to see if like I can put together like a 90s party. Right. Where everyone right. comes up and dressed up in 90s gear. I pull people from all these different like groups mm-hmm. in the city and like kind of mesh them together. Because what right. I noticed was that like for Cornell, like Cornell community like stays pretty tight knit because mm-hmm. you have all your friends from school. They just migrated to the city. Right. And I recognized like I wasn't meeting any new people mm-hmm. and my friends weren't meeting any new people. So there would be weekends where like we're sitting around and we're like, oh, we're not doing anything. And you're like, what are you, like, we're intentionally not doing anything. Right. Like, this is our fault. We're not right. putting ourselves outside of our comfort zone. So try to do that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Had like everything lined up until the the vendor actually just backed out. They were like, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, look, I'm going to sign an agreement. Like, I'm going to take the risk and like bring all these people here. And then the vendor was just like, he just didn't pull through. Oh my just gosh. didn't show up actually. And I was like, all right, what do I do? Um, so it was discouraging, but again, mm-hmm. enjoyed the process. So from there, I was thinking like, okay, now it's around the holiday time. I'm back in Houston and I'm thinking about like, how can I execute against this? Like, yeah. I was just like, I want to get it done. So quite honestly, I was like, look, I'm going to make a new year's resolution to start a company, uh, in 2019. And I remember I was like, you know what? I'm going to start this year off. Right. I'm not going to go out on new year's. <laughs> I'm going to stay in, I'm going to get a little work done, wake up, yeah, wake up good. And, um, so I did that. And from there I started going through the iterations of like making a business plan Yeah, and then thinking about, okay, what's the next experiment I could do? That's like pretty low fidelity, low cost. And I can also launch an MVP. So what we did and that's what we built today is we, we went about like launching a digital travel agent for Mm -hmm. Odyssey. Um, so quick question for you. Yep. New Year's Eve. You stay in, you stay wholesome. You're like, I want to buckle down, make this business plan. What were your first steps? Obviously, you've you've had internships that have helped helped you build that acumen. Yeah. You learned about this in undergrad, but like, where did you start? Did you start with idea? Did you start with execution based on what you just learned? Yeah. Can you tell us um, about that. Started with idea, and this is where like you should be thinking about, or what what I would advise people is you should be thinking about being paid to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, is I, I'd literally, I had gone to like a training at Deloitte on like this concept called the strategic choice cascade, which like if any Deloitte people <laughs> are listening, I'm sure they're laughing. Uh, but it's like, it's a framework for like developing, not necessarily a business plan, but mm-hmm. framing like a strategy or a way to attack something. Mm-hmm. And so quite honestly, like I use that framework and what I learned at Deloitte to help me structure my thoughts. And yeah. then I kind of work backward using like stuff from school where it's yeah. like, using like uh, the business model canvas and like defining your value proposition. Mm-hmm. You, again, using those frameworks um, to create essentially the first version of our business plan. Um, does that answer your question? Yes, 100%. I think that's super helpful because yeah. I, I had a feeling it would tie back to what you've been saying. Like think about your experiences and journey, like move with intention through those because they're all learning Yeah. and all like building blocks yeah. to that ultimate vision that you have. Exactly. Um, so what, what we did, well, once I had the business plan, I was like, cool, I want to build a mobile travel agent. Mm-hmm. I knew I needed a technology partner to do that. And so I went through the, the, the ideation of like, do I outsource this or do I bring on a co-founder? I didn't really want to outsource it cause you don't have as much control. Also mm-hmm. there's a heavy cost component. 
Um, so I said about looking for a co-founder. And again, actually, co-founder is a former teammate as mm-hmm. well. So it's, again, that connectivity that you have at school and through sports. Yep. Um, so, and I actually got the suggestion to reach out to him through another really? teammate where it's like, uh, we, we had just like, he li- he's in a different part of the country, yeah. is doing something totally different and he just wasn't top of mind. And I'm so glad Kyle, I, you know, I love you and appreciate <laughs> you. Um, but like we were just in different places and I was kind of hesitant. Were you like, guys close? We were, on, we're on a team. We weren't like super close mm-hmm. during the four years, but obviously I have love and respect yeah, and yeah. I've like, gone through all the battles with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were in two different planes, so he wasn't the initial reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember calling him one weekend, one Friday after work and like giving him the pitch and he's like, sign me up. It's like simple as that. Wow. Um, and he started, I remember the next Friday, he's like, I've already started building. And I'm like, no way. whoa, like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was in February. Wow. And we, um, we honestly buckled down. Um, and, and to his credit, we were like, let's get this product, let's get this MVP out as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and through managing work, personal lives, um, and, and Odyssey, like we were able to launch the, the first version of the product in August. That's awesome. We brought on our first employee actually like two or three weeks ago, who's going to help wow. us like iterate and take the product to the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, we've partnered with an advisor who's helping us think through more of like the business side of things Mm -hmm. so like we have our like small team yeah and we're just positioning ourselves for the next six months to like really find our product market fit um and again like just tying it through the general theme of like uh of being an athlete and then working Mm -hmm. in like having your first job yep right now we're definitely at like we are (laughs) we're uh we're a college that just went from NAIA or D3 status to D1. And we're just getting smacked in the face every night. It's just right. like, new problem, like, don't know how to figure it out. But the thing is, it's like, you, you have this core group, mm-hmm. and the group enjoys the process. Mm-hmm. And the group realizes, like, there's this, if we give it our all or give this maximum effort, mm-hmm. there's this amazing goal yeah. at the end. And if we can achieve that goal... Uh, part of it's also like you're gonna have these in my mind you're gonna have these meaningful memories through work as Mm -hmm. well which where it's like to me if I'm gonna work x amount of hours a day I would much rather doing it on something that again I'm like driven by the mission versus Mm -hmm. either someone else's mission or something that isn't necessarily mission driven it's just about making money can you tell us about how you approach building that core group so co-founder through a teammate how did you find your first employee how did you find your first advisor um i think it's kind of going back to what you just mentioned like when you first shared that idea it's hard because it's like it's your baby and it's like yours and you're a little bit protective of it how how do you let go how do you um learn to bring people in be accepting to listening to others yeah throughout the whole process yeah i think that's um, interesting so i think my path for the, the co-founder path has actually probably been a bit atypical or maybe not atypical, but it's just been very, very easy because we've ha- we we play basketball together mm. for three years. So we already have this like shared understanding of what it means to work together and what it means to like operate in different roles. Mm-hmm. So it's like Kyle completely owns the domain of technology and I completely own the domain of the business side. 
but we talk so frequently um, that we're just pretty, we're in lockstep. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it's something where it's like, look, I don't know, I don't know how we're going to figure out like our single sign on. Like, which is like essentially getting like the little Facebook app mm-hmm. login to, for like mobile app logins. I don't know how we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Kyle does or Kyle has the capacity to figure it out. Right. I, I provide my input in saying like, hey, this is something I think we need. Mm-hmm. And the commonality of language there is like we structure it in, well, essentially we structure problems in mm-hmm. ways that the other person can understand. So again, on the other side of things, like Kyle isn't, his skill set isn't, uh, necessarily best suited for like thinking about like uh if we want to raise a series a mm-hmm. or friends and family around you know in 12 months how do we carve out that first piece of equity how mm-hmm. do we prepare for that today what would that valuation even look like today yeah um how do we think about those strategic problems this about whereas he can take something like here we're to code in react native but here's mm-hmm. the problem that is preventing us from doing that today right i will take a problem from like here is what the market may or may not value us at here's mm-hmm. what our, our our current like operational challenges and then we ex- explain it in a, in a way that the other person can understand yeah. um so that's my approach on the, the co-founder side and mm-hmm. it, it's again just been really easy because we have worked so much together and in terms of like building teams and like letting the baby go more I've kind of approached it from like a function of like the more the more you talk about it, the more comfortable you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. Um, and also on the other side of things, of bringing people in the, into the team, like I've recognized that the best teams I've been on, um, your leaders kind of have this like uh, aspect or approach of like servant leadership, or it's like the best or most talented person mm-hmm. on quite honestly like the most high functioning teams I've been on they're also the person who is willing to give the most. Yeah. Where they're the person who, like, take it for basketball. Like, <laughs> they're they're on the ground for every ball. Mm-hmm. They're going to take a charge. They're going to be in the, everyone's face. They're also going to be the first one to pick you up when you make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have this presence uh, about them, he or her, where they they know that they have the capacity to lift others to, mm-hmm. to a different level. And I think that's really our our approach with with odyssey mm-hmm. and what i i want to accomplish and also like downstream effect and like cool thing about entrepreneurship is like especially if you were like thinking about starting something there's this concept i'm learning about where it's like startups can kind of have this like idea of like a trojan horse which mm-hmm. like you have one mission and that's like an intimate business mission like you want to mm-hmm. solve a problem and then there's something else like you want to bring to the world mm-hmm. or it's like for me when it comes to odyssey like what i want to do and where i know i'll like be like extremely happy is like if we can build a company that like exponentially builds leaders mm-hmm. so it's like we're if 20 years from down the line odyssey's known as a company that just knows how to build fantastic leaders mm-hmm. and it's not just fantastic leaders in the organization it's for fantastic leaders in the community as well yeah. so people like taking that concept of servant leadership and then applying it to like different localities that they have um i think that's a very exciting thing and i might have gotten a little off tangent on that no, uh, no. question but something important to me and something that we're thinking about definitely so last question before our last segment with our check down. Um, 
what's what's next? Like, how are you thinking about your career? You started at Cadre um, just in September, which is like only a few months ago. Um, you just talked to us about the goals of the Odyssey experiences. Um, going back to like, I'm really interested to hear how you think about your career right now. It's what month is it? It's December 2019. How are you thinking about like the progression of your career yeah. at this stage? I think something that's unique to anyone who's like starting their own venture is like you, you, you're working two jobs. If you're doing it well, you're working two jobs. Um, and the thing of probably again about like student athletes is like, you know how to balance that aspect where mm-hmm. at, at a school it's like one job was sports and the other job was school. Um, and when you're taking care of those two things, it's a lot of time and a lot of effort. Um, but the same concept applies where it's like, for me, career wise, it's like, I want to knock it out the park. I want to crush it at cadre every day. Like I go in there with the same, I try and go there with the same intensity that I would approach Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I recognize that like for Odyssey to do well, I need to carve time out for it as well. Um, and that's the great thing about being at cadre which is a startup it's like you do have a bit more flexibility in in terms of how you structure your work and your life um where cadre it's like we may still have like a 12 or 16 hour day like Mm -hmm. it's just a fact of like that stage of the company um but the difference is that like that day it's not like like I can take the time out to say like, Hey, look, I'm, I'm going to go work out from mm-hmm. eight to 10 and then I'll be back online. Mm-hmm. Or like in the case of like, I need to go work on Odyssey, like, Hey, like tonight I'm, I'm done at 10. Yeah. I'm going to go work on this or like my personal stuff from like 10 to 12. Mm-hmm. And then you're back in at like whatever time you just, you get the work done, but yep. you have more autonomy and there's less of these like institutional pressures to like conform to one way. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, like what, my goal through my career is like continue to learn at cadre continue to learn and grow and be like a valuable asset to the company um and continue to build odyssey on the side um and i my intention is to stay at cadre as long as um i can until the point where odyssey is like hey like we need i need your full-time attention mm-hmm. um and and that's that's the goal for me and it's again that that building block where it's like being yeah. intentional about you're learning and um, haven't really touched on this, but like being at like a venture backed startup is I think the best way to learn about how to build a company, not in in like a pretty, not a structured environment, but Mm -hmm. in the right type of environment, because Mm -hmm. you are doing all of the core things that it takes to set something up. You're, you're building the infrastructure that the company will run on. That's amazing. All right. So to wrap up, we are finishing again with our core to corporate check down. These are the pro tips. We want quick hitters and your insight on advice in and beyond the game. So we're going to run down the list. Just like your cool. quick take. How, how quick of hitters? Um, Like it could be one word. It could be a few sentences. Okay. Yeah. All right. First one. What was the best season in your career and why? Um, Best season of my career. I'm... <laughs> Oddly enough, it was my junior year of high school. Oh, really? Filthy, filthy team had two, three kids who played Division One sports and another one who who went to the the national championship for D3 sport, for D3 basketball. So three basketball mm-hmm. players, one football player, and that team just gelled. It was just like weapons on every, <laughs> at every corner. Um, and we just got buckets, went to the Sweet 16. 
in Texas and we didn't have anyone like over like six three. No way. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. And we, it was funny because like that people year, probably saw y'all. They were like, they were like oh, it's a wrap. Yeah, they thought they were gonna <laughs> wax to us. Um, and it was funny because we also like we kind of we played really hard and we had this yeah. like attitude about us where it's like we know people thought they were gonna beat us. Mm-hmm. So we were like, yo, how funny would we be if we dyed our hair blonde for this playoff run and then smacked everyone? Did and you? we did exactly that. So it it, it unfortunately <laughs> like I wish my high my career in college would have been better. But that's like, gonna be the cover photo for this episode. I just I hope you know. I'm throw it on that. throw it on there if you can find it on Facebook. <laughs> say less, say less. All right. Um, career advice you wish you knew earlier in the game. Yeah, I I wish I knew that like. There's a lot. There's a lot of options where it's like, if if you try and narrow what you want to do as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you if you see people who are on like thirty for thirty for X, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you read some of their like stories, and you'll see like you'll be like twenty four managing director at X Y Z. Like that's so prestigious. You're like, how are they doing that? And then you realize like they got interested in it at eighteen, mm-hmm. and they started branching out and really pursuing it on their own at nineteen. Mm-hmm. So by the time where they're twenty four, they've had five years of experience under mm-hmm. their belt. Mm-hmm. Whereas by the time you're twenty four, you're just starting your second job. So it's like one, don't necessarily like think life's a race, but like. If that's your personality and you're like, I want to get to the top as fast as possible because that's what makes you happy and that's how you feel like you win, like, mm-hmm. find out what that top is for you, whatever that mountain is. Love it. Pick two role models, one on the court, one off the court. Oof. I will start with off the court. Um, for me, one of them is James Baldwin fantastic writer um i think it's important to have i think it's just important to have different interests and try and be a well-rounded person for me that comes from the way it comes from the best is from like reading Mm -hmm. and putting myself in the shoes of like different authors and different characters Mm -hmm. james baldwin is incredible at doing that um on the court ah, i don't know like this (laughs) like this one's harder. I love LeBron, but like, Ew. but like, okay. of course, like so many people think he's a role model. Um, I really like Lamar Jackson right now. Yo, uh, I, just think, I just think he's got that mentality. <laughs> he got that swag, yep. But it's also like he's trying to be like a servant leader. Like mm-hmm. from all the interactions I see, it's like he has got a lot of hype behind him. Behind him, he's definitely like he could embrace it and be more of like a Baker Mayfield type mm-hmm. character, but he's like. No, I'll talk when I get to the Super Bowl. And right. that's like the thing he says every week. Every time. And the stories you hear about him are just like, he's a young person, but incredible leader, mm-hmm. and he just wants to win. So I I would say those are LeBron, obviously, and then like Lamar Jackson is the topical person for me. That's a good one. Okay, second to last one. One thing to know about working in your current industry. We talked a lot about entrepreneurship, so tell us about Cadre's industry. Yeah. Um... Working in real estate, so Cadre is like a real estate investment platform. Working in real estate, what I would say is there's 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 multiple. Probably the most important is like the acquisition and the investment side, and that's where a lot of talented people work. Um, I would say like again, the things there that are important are like the attention to detail, mm-hmm. um, the ability to comprehend like 
large data sets and parse that out or essentially take an opinion, mm -hmm. uh, ingest those data sets and then make a take a position on we think because of ABC variables, mm -hmm. uh, D, E, and F are going to happen, which makes asset number one attractive mm -hmm. or asset number two attractive. Um, and then I, I would also say teamwork is essential mm -hmm. again in any industry and I'll I'll narrow this down actually more to like working in startups because I think that'll be more helpful it's like yeah to, to thrive in a startup you just have to be like a jack of all trades mm -hmm. and you have to be able to critically think and think quickly um because there's so many things that need to be done and they mm -hmm. all need to be done yesterday mm -hmm. um so you need to be able to say like okay look I'm pretty much always behind so let me prioritize the things that needed to be done, not just yesterday, but like a week ago. Right. And then, right. and then put the, again, another like difficult thing. It's like, you need to gauge the, the, the precision of the work. Mm -hmm. Whereas there, a lot of people probably have the tendency, especially from like professional services firms where it's like, everything needs to be A plus because it's client facing. Mm -hmm. Um, I've learned I need to let go of that yep. a little bit and not over engineer or over, I'll call it the gloss. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need to over gloss everything because yep. like, this is purely, I need the information and I need it now because I need yep. to make a decision. Yeah. Um, that, that would be my Doesn't advice. Doesn't always have to be pretty. All right. Last one. Um, fill in the blank. My athlete is my advantage in my career because. My athlete is an advantage in my career because I, I approach a approach pretty sorry. All good. My my athlete is an advantage in my career because I approach everything with a a shared uh, ownership and like a collective mindset while also being hungry to win. Um, I think every day um, you can you can reflect and say one of two things: Did I give it my all today? Yes mm -hmm. or no? If it's a yes, you should be you know positive and live with that outcome. But also you could say like, Did we win today? Um, if you're the type of person who's competitive and you need to get that out of you, mm -hmm. um, approaching it from that, again, tying it to that, that shared mindset and that collective ownership of, but it's like, did I contribute to our win today? Yes. Mm -hmm. Then I think that's a good thing as well. All right. Thanks for listening into this episode. In the meantime, we want to hear from you. Stay connected. Leave us a comment on Apple podcast, DM us or contact us on our website, whatever is easiest. We want to know your feedback and what questions you have. Otherwise, we'll be back soon with more athletes, more perspectives and more pro tips on the way.